podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A Celtic state of mind at the unusual time of 10.48. There is a reason for that. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm joined by Natasha Mikko to discuss the fact that Ange Postacoglu has indeed left the building. What is your instant reaction to this, Natasha? Uh, the instant reaction, I suppose, has been coming. We knew it was coming. Um, it doesn't make it any less disappointing. The way in which it's been handled, the way in which it's been announced remains disappointing. I think the fans were probably due some form of communication from the club in advance of seeing it on the Spurs Twitter feed because that is where I think the majority of us saw it was an announcement by Spurs on Twitter. And it's not great, really. I think we should have probably found out something before then. There has been every single media outlet up and down the UK has been reporting this for the last few days. Um, Well, we've remained radio silent and I get the contractual reasons for that, but I'm surprised they let Spurs put it out first um, without um, any regard for where the fans found that out from. Um, but ultimately, I think we've probably had a few days to come to terms with this now. We've known for the last few days that it is likely he is going to be leaving. Today simply confirms that. Um, and the feeling is just disappointment. You know, in the la- if you look back to the, the last few managers who have departed, I think when Lennon eventually left, there was a, a sense of relief there. Um, I think when Rogers left, there was a sense of anger. But with Ange, it really is just disappointment because I don't think we really saw this coming so quickly. It feels very premature. It does. Now, we, we do have Kevin Graham going to join us as well. This is very impromptu, so you're going to be here for maybe 10 minutes, yeah. Natasha. That is then going to allow me to have an opportunity to to bring up a lot of the um, comments. So keep them coming in. What are your initial reactions to Ange Postacoglu leaving for Spurs? Are you disappointed not only in what's happened, but the way it's been dealt with? And where do we go next as a football club? Kevin Graham, you've been on a Celtic state of mind since episode one, six years ago. And just yesterday, we were talking about the imminent departure. It has happened. It's been confirmed. What's your initial take on this? Good luck, Dale. We move on. Uh, nay, not one man is bigger in the football club. I'm a bit annoyed. I'm actually in the middle of my breakfast omelette and this comes out. Eh? I was like, <laughs> what, what, what is he doing in the big... If he wants to go to a, a club with a chicken badge, on he goes. Uh, we, 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 we move on. I was quite pleased when I got up this morning to see Stephen McGowan. Now, I always look at McGowan because I always think he's got a bit of an inside track. Uh, on what's actually going on at Celtic, eh? and the four names on his list, which were Maresca, Marsh, eh, the Bodo Glint manager, and Moyes. If you replace Moyes with Muscat, I'd be happy with any of them. Four. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think we're in the right place for Davy Moyes, <laughs> but I think we're in the right place for any of the other three on that list. And Muscat, yeah. I think Muscat has to be a, a has to at least get. Uh, discussed. Is that for the continuity aspect, Kev? Yes. You're thinking I, like inheriting an Ange team, he knows how to inherit an Ange team. Is that why you're you're looking at Muscat? Yes, and there's also the City Group link as well. 
Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you know, I don't know anyone who can possibly look at that link and think it's a bad one. <laughs> I mean, let's just get the log into the city group's contacts, shall we? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Not a problem with that whatsoever. Um, and I think also when when you look at the way it's been handled, Natasha spoke about it, Kevin. As fans, we do in this age of communication, you do want to know what's going on because there's a sense of frustration, not only the fact that we're losing a, a very, very good manager, but the fact that we've not really had the the days and weeks to celebrate uh, what is a historic achievement and then already the dread, the anguish and all these emotions start drip feeding into our social media and into our pockets, um, which you can't help but check. I don't know how many times a day Natasha, I don't know if your screen time has gone up over the last few days. I'm pretty sure most of ours has. <laughs> it certainly has. Do you think, guys, that, you know, in terms of the way it's been dealt with Celtic, I mean, there's a few different terms. It's almost as if we've had our pants pulled down in public in, in many ways. And I think that when you look at Desmond's face and uh, Lowell's face at the weekend, they're angry. What do you think, yeah. Natasha? Probably slightly understandably, um, you would be frustrated too if you had an employee who was doing an excellent job and you were relatively comfortable that they were going to be here um, for longer than two years and all of a sudden they blindside you with taking what appears to be the first offer that's been on the table um, because that's how it feels as fans. Um, it feels that he wasn't finished here. You know, he, he spoke a lot about the project, about what he was building, about what he was doing. And if you look at it, it feels like he's hardly got started. You know, I know there's been the domestic success, that's fantastic. But in terms of building a team and building a squad who can actually go on and progress, progress in Europe, he didn't really even get started with that part of his project. And he's already looked to the door and taken the first opportunity that's become available to him. So that's surprising because we didn't expect it. Um, We know that football is a business um, and he is someone else who is treating it like a business. He has come and done the job for the value of his own career. Celtic success in the meantime has helped his own career. Um, and he's helping his own career again by taking the, the move to Spurs. And Celtic has just been a step on that way for him. Um, ultimately, if you look at the numbers, he's finished up managing less games than Ronnie Dyla. He is going to be a footnote in the history of Celtic when I think he's a manager who did have the potential to become a legend. But... Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he is looking out for himself um, and good luck to him. Um, I understand it's business. We just now need to look out for ourselves and make sure the person that we get in next is the right person to take over, ensure there's continuity and hopefully some European progression in there as well. Yeah, I think that's the frustration, Natasha. It wasn't that long ago when Ange Postecoglou was talking about incremental improvements in Europe. He was actually talking about next season Mm -hmm. and then this happens. Now, I get that there are careerists out there, but when Ange Postecoglou came to Celtic, he hadn't had an opportunity in European football for all the years he had been making a name for himself elsewhere. And we now know through interviews that he's uh, done that he was in discussions with AEK Athens, who decided to go somewhere else. He didn't get the job. It's not as if he was on his way to get a job in Greece and then he came to Celtic. He hadn't been offered that. He hadn't been offered yeah. anything. And Celtic gave him a huge opportunity. Kevin, does loyalty um, exist in modern football? No. Because I'm looking at that opportunity we gave him. We're going to put you on a platform. We're going to give you Champions League experience. And there's nothing back. There isn't anything back. Now, I'm not saying he agreed to stay here for any longer, but there's no loyalty, is there? There isn't any loyalty anymore. The way I look at it is this. We we gave this big fella a chance in European football. 
he took that chance in European football and knew there's been, he's obviously spoke to Tottenham, he's like what he's had to say, and knew he's got a bigger chance in European football than us. And that's it at the end of the day. And see, when you're talking about the incremental increases in Europe, that's the next guy. That's up to the next guy now. He's got to carry that on. We've got to be a Champions League club for the next five years for us to get where we want to be. So when the next guy comes in, by the way, mate, it's Europe for me. We've got to keep that progression going. So that's the next job for the board. And this is why I'm maybe, I'm maybe going towards a maybe left field uh like Kevin Graham going left field. That's, <laughs> that's the least surprising thing I've heard all day, Kev. Come on, that uh, is you. I think the other thing that the board, the other thing that the board might take into account is we've got a pre-season tour of Japan and South Korea coming up, and Muscat would probably be another reason to actually go down that route. But aye, it's we we. Bringing somebody like Davy Moyes in means an actually summary upheaval. Bringing in somebody it's it's got the, the same sort of high press and attacking nature as the team that we've actually got there is no really as no as a much a summary of upheaval. There's just slight changes going to be made, and I think that's we need to build on what Postecoglou's done, and these incremental improvements in Europe. Are are still on the the still the the they're still like it's uh, still on the cards actually. Natasha is going to have to nip away, but I'm going to ask you before you do that, um, Natasha. In terms of what next, what what do you fancy um, for Celtic's next move when it comes to recruiting a manager? I think one thing that was interesting in the statement, which is going to be pretty important going forward, regardless of who we keep, is they haven't mentioned the backroom team. Now, if a deal has been put in place for the backroom team, I think it's likely that it would have come out as part of that statement. Um, so there is still some hope there um, that, that Kennedy and Strachan are going to stay at the club. And I think that helps with the continuity that Kevin's mentioned as well. That transition from Ange Ball into something else, I think, is a lot smoother if we do keep Kennedy and Strachan. You know, Kennedy, we hear, does all the training anyway. So if we've got that consistency, if that doesn't change, that helps regardless of who comes in next. Um, I'm with Kevin on, on Moyes, isn't for me. Um, Muscat, I'm not sure about. Brendan Rodgers, on paper, could he do the job? Could he do it well? Absolutely. Um, I just think it would be too divisive. Um, mm. The way that things have been going, the unity that we've seen, the good feeling around the club. It's going to take a bit of a hit with Hange leaving. It would take a further hit if we were to appoint Brendan Rodgers, who is going to cause a division amongst the supporters. Um, so again, I don't see that as a great option. I don't know who is. Knutson, like we've talked about um, before on this show, does seem to fit the bill in terms of what we're looking for. We've seen all too well what he can do in Europe. Um but we're going to have competition for the signature of someone like him. We already know Ajax are heavily linked and heavily involved. He'd be a good option for me. Um, but it's not going to be straightforward. We saw that last time round with the Eddie Howe saga when we thought we had one over the line and it didn't work out. And essentially, we got pretty lucky with the appointment of Postacoglu. Can we get that lucky twice? I'm not sure. It's going to be a very, very important appointment, whoever it is. But... Thank you for letting me come and jump on this emergency broadcast to get these feelings out. Um, and thanks to everyone in the comments as well. I see them all coming in. Um, you can keep them coming for Paul and Kevin and you can continue this emergency broadcast. Thanks. Exactly. Enjoy the rest of your week, Natasha. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. 
Kev, I don't know how long you're able to stay, but I'm going to save the comments for when you're away, and then I can run through some right, of the comments and have a wee chit chat what, with what, um, the axe on the axe. What I need to have, I've got about five minutes, well, two minutes actually. If what I would actually bring up, I've seen some folk jumping in about muscat's past. What I'm what I'm saying is, I don't reckon the board will be the, be be doing their job if muscat is not in the conversation. Right. Well, can I? Pick up on that, Kev, right? Can I pick up on the board not doing their job, right? Because I want to talk about recruitment process before you go. Before I do that and before I forget, on uh, this morning's Twitter feed, um, Twitter is owned and the prize is given to Tony Marr on the Axon Twitter who said that we could, if we go for uh, Nutsen, it will be like going from Angeball to Nutsack. So I would like to get that out of there. <laughs> First, but I've got to give full credit. I'm not that witty. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, to put a smile on somebody's face is good on today. I didn't think we'd ever have to have to do these emergency broadcasts again, Kev. But here we are. You've got a couple of minutes. But let's talk about the board. The last twice, I don't feel when we had to appoint a manager that there was a recruitment process. And what I mean by that is we know what happened with Brendan Rodgers. We've then gone to a manager who basically was on suspended paid leave because of what had happened at Hibs. And we gave him the job, supposedly with a promise that he gets it permanently if he was to win as a treble, which he did. Right. That's not a recruitment process. Then when he leaves, we had one person. The shortlist was one long, and you can check the timeline, Kev, because we're looking at it on yesterday's blog. We didn't contact Ange Postacoglu until Eddie Howe knocked us back. We weren't pursuing anybody else other than Eddie Howe. And then we panicked. The board got lucky because Ange was such a phenomenal success. The board got lucky on that occasion. That's my concern. The last two processes have been shambolic. This one has to, it has to be done right. You've you've just hit on the nut. The, the, you've the nut? hit on the, <laughs> the, the, uh, you hit on the nut sack there. Um, uh, uh, like this board, the organisation of Celtic Football Club, have got lucky any time they've went to recruit a manager. Right, the only time there seemed to be any sort of process was Tony Mowbray. Then that sort of went sort of pear shape. Right, Gordon Stratton was Dermot Desmond's golf buddy, replaced Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill was because of man Alex Ferguson connection. Martin O'Neill ended up at Celtic, right? That's it. You got to Ronnie Dyler. We wanted a Dermot Desmond wanted to appoint Roy Keane. Interviewed Ronnie Dyler as his assistant. Yeah. When nobody when nobody else was actually like going to take the job, Dyler ends up with a job, right? Neil Lennon tried and trusted. Brendan Rodgers was available and fell into our laps. But if you look at the last time you went to appoint a manager, fair play that we all thought Eddie Howe was coming because that would have been an absolute like coup for us. That was another high, high-level manager coming in. But it didn't happen. Uh, next thing you know, we get Ange Postacoglu. Aye, the board got lucky. They got really, really lucky that Postacoglu yeah. fell, in, fell into our lap. Eh? But when I when when you go over the back, they've been lucky in the last twenty years, and, and I'd be I'm a lucky man. I maybe it's good luck. Maybe the work hard. Maybe that's how they have been lucky with successful managers. But let's, no, Jack let's, Nicholas. Yeah, the Jack aye, Nicholas statement. Aye, the mayor of practice. practice. The mayor yeah, lucky yeah. that I actually get. Eh? Eh, but we've got to. I always go back to the Lennon thing, but Lennon was never the right fit for Celtic after after Rodgers. No, 
I agree. At this precise moment, uh, uh, three minutes past eleven on the sixth of June, David Moyes is not the right fit for Celtic after Ange Postecoglou. Even and if he wins a European trophy, this even season. if he wins a European trophy, even no. if he wins a European. It's trophy. a strange one. I get what you mean. I remember, um, and I know you're you're going to have to nip away, Kev. But I remember uh, David Moyes was a guest at the Jockstein. Let me get this right. It was a Jockstein dance in Dunfermline, not that long ago. Um, I think it was his thirtieth, the thirtieth anniversary. I think of mm-hmm. Jock's death, and David Moyes was one of the speakers. And the question at that point, and this is when his stock's very high. Question was, would you come back to Scottish football? He says there's one job in Scottish football that I would come back for, and he left it just hanging. And I wasn't sure if it was an international job, Kev, or if it was a Celtic job. And he's, he has a name that I think a lot of people very, very quickly say no, 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 David Moyes. And it's the style, isn't it? You're, that that is what yes, you're putting it down to. It is. You saw his West Ham team that came up here and, and like handed. And Poster Coglu's Celtic a new one. And they were a team of like Essex bouncers. I mean, they were all about six foot five, six foot, six foot eight, a very, very powerful athletic side, which you do need in the English Premiership, especially if you're down the bottom end. But we haven't got that at Celtic. And I don't think we need somebody like a firefighter like Moyes coming in. We need somebody to actually come in and keep the progress going with what we've actually got, what basis that we've actually got there at this precise moment in time. And unfortunately for for the Moyes fans out there, I don't think he suits that at this mm. precise moment in time. I don't mm. think he does. We need we need we need to keep on going on the, the road that we wanted to go with Posta Cogla. Right. And and there's coaches out there that can actually do that and Moyes is no one of them. and that's how I'm saying Muscat has to be in the conversation because of his previous we Ange Poster call we've fallen Ange and that as well and also a link to that age, Asian market as well yeah good uh, point that, 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 that is that I think that could be important and it could be an important consideration for uh, the board as well See, see the, the Muscat thing. I'm going to very quickly run through a few names before you go, Kev. But the Muscat one, I, I know a lot of Celtic fans are saying no chance. He used to play with Rangers. My point on that is, would you take Mikel Arteta? Would you? Quality manager, of course you would. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I think that it comes down to emotions. We, we've been talking a lot about that. Why can't we as fans be as ruthless as the people that use us in our club and play on our heartstrings constantly, Kev? Let's just be brutal about this and say, who's the best guy be that, we, that we can get? And, and, and if they're the best fit, you bring them in. Right, I'm going to run through a few names, Kev. I just want a yes, right. no, and the reasons why. Here we go. Right, okay. um, Brendan Rogers. No, never go back. Enzo Maresca. Yes. Um, City Group connections with Maresca. Uh-huh. We've had a look at him before. It's not as though we don't know what Sim- he's capable of. Similar, st- he's in a in a um, organisation with Pep Guardiola down there, which plays very very similar to what Ange Postecoglou does. So yeah. you've got to say that he might have similar philosophy as Ange Postecoglou. Does his time at Parma concern you? Nah, Parma's right. a basket. <laughs> David Moyes, you've kind of explained your reasons no. behind Moyes. Um, Newtson. Yes, just because his Bodo Glunt team were like us on steroids. Bodo Glunt, when they came to Celtic Park that night, were the team that we thought Poster Coglu could make us. 
So it would be interesting again, and I think it would be a, an easier transition. And you're not saying that with hindsight. I remember us saying it at the time. They, they were Aye. playing what is, was Ange ball. They were doing it better. Uh, yes. Graham, Graham Potter. What about Graham Potter? Potter knows that his stock's still high in England and there's going to be plenty of other jobs coming up with in England. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned Rodgers. I think Rodgers will end up at West Ham. It's interesting that Moyes might lose his job if, even if he wins a European even, trophy. Uh, I find that I think Rodgers will end up at West Ham. Yep. Jesse Marsh? We've looked at him yes. before, haven't we? We yeah. have looked at him before. Again, I, I loved his Salzburg side against us. Like he's failed the next couple of places where he's went. Uh, but let's be honest, he's damaged goods. And Nutson would see coming to Celtic as a ste- step up. Marsh would, uh, Mareska would seem coming to Celtic as a st- uh, as a step up. Muscat would seem coming to Celtic as a step up, and Marsh would actually see coming to Celtic to to repair his reputation. Okay, and, and, and we're in a business for damaged goods. Sometimes we are. You're right. I, yeah. I mean, even Brendan Rodgers, Kev. Even Brendan Rodgers. He was damaged goods at that time, eh? Yep. John so, Kennedy. Sorry, mate. John Kennedy. I'm not hundred percent. I'm not hundred percent sure about Kennedy. I think it would be good for Kennedy if he goes with Ange to Tottenham. If we're I'd not going to that. offer him the job, if we're not going to offer him the, uh, if we're not going to offer him the, the manager's job, then it's time for him to actually. The, go. the time is now. Yeah. A um, few other names you've already spoken about. Muscat, interestingly enough. What about um, Marcelo Bielsa's on this odds list that I'm looking at? Twenty to one. He's just took the chilly job, eh? That will be that will be a big no then. And Rafael Benitez, this was this morning. This shows you then, Kev, the managerial merry-go-round. How quickly the changes happen. This was just this morning. This was sent through. Rafa Benitez. Well, we already have his CV, don't we? Hi, we do. Seem like it's in that drawer um, next to all the tickets and next to all the spare corporate tickets in the ticket office. It must yeah. be sitting there somewhere. Sitting in there somewhere. Uh, I I don't again. Benitez is a complete and utter change of style. Well, a week ago, a week ago, Kev, we're preparing for the world record eighth treble. If someone says to me in seven days' time, right, instead of talking about winning the world record eighth treble, you're going to be talking about the possibility of Brendan Rodgers taking over from Ange Postacoglu because he's away to Spurs, I would not have believed a word of it. But here we are. Thank you for joining us again, Kev, because you're obviously a busy man and you've jumped on last minute. I'm going to run through some of the comment sections before we wrap up. Ange Postacoglu has left the building. Celtic are bigger than any individual. Kevin Graham, we will continue on a daily basis to talk about the progress. Thank you for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. And it's just down to me and you get a big close-up of me because there's nobody else on the screen. So I've got to apologise before I go any further that you're going to see a bigger version of my coupon than normal. Um, I'm very keen to get as many of your thoughts as possible. That's the reason we came on here, just to see what the live reaction was. We've seen it coming. We knew it was going to happen at some point. Does it make it any easier? I don't think it does. Let's run through some of your thoughts. Kevin Mullen. Hi, Axom. All I can say is good luck, Ange. Would have liked another year, but also would have liked God to add a few inches. Thank you um, for that insight. All the best, big man. Thanks for the memories. And it's one of these ones, Kevin, I think that we got a sense that it was happening. There was a wee bit of an inkling for me that it wouldn't, it wouldn't, materialise, but then more information comes to the fore, doesn't it? And I think uh, social media is a great 
a great vehicle for people who never have an opinion on anything until the fact, and then they go back on opinions that you might have had on something as if you were some kind of Nostradamus uh, light and you were actually making predictions. No, we just had you know opinions. I felt that Andrew was going to stay for at least another season. I thought he should have stayed for another season. Um, and I'm a bit concerned in the fact that uh, obviously there has been moves afoot um, previous to our knowledge. And then after the fact, you start looking at uh, when this might have started to materialise. And again, you know, I could be adding two and two up and getting five, but it's a modern game. And I think I'm at that stage now where I don't really... Um, I don't really trust anybody in the modern game anymore. I don't think there are many characters like the late, great Tommy Burns who, when he says something to the Celtic support, you know that he means every single bit of it. Um, but when you look at, for example, um, the move for Scott Munn uh, to be appointed at Tottenham Hotspur in the first week of April as a chief football officer, you think to yourself, do you think that Tottenham Hotspur had Ange Postecoglou on the radar prior to the first week in April? I think absolutely no chance. You look at their managerial record, you look at the, the managers who have been in charge of that club under Daniel Levy, and in the last 10 years, Postecoglou would be nowhere near their thinking. And I think what's then happened is Scott Munn, who knows Postecoglou and his agent personally, um, and who is also uh, or has been part of the, the City group. Um, so there's links to Ange Postacoglu. What's happened there is he's pitched Ange. He's pitched Ange to Tottenham. This is uh, what I think has happened. And from there, there has been a process of the um, approach being made. They've sounded Ange out. This has not happened in the last 48 hours. It's not happened in the last week. This is something that's been developing for some time. Um but again, what I would say, what I would stress is my biggest concern at the moment, we um, have a position that, you know, many, many managers out there, um, up-and-coming managers, established managers, will be interested in. Celtic are in a fantastic position. We've got Champions League football next season. Um, we've just won the domestic treble. We've got money in the bank. There will already be a budget set aside for recruitment and bringing players in. Yes, we might lose one or two over the summer. I don't think the departure of Angel have anything to do with that. I think it was just the natural that that's going to happen. But in terms of a pool, this is massive. Kev Graham talked um, when he was on there five minutes ago about how sometimes somebody can come to Celtic to repair their um, reputation, as it were. I mean, Brendan Rodgers did that, didn't he? And he repaired uh, his stock, and his stock was quite high. He then went to Leicester. Um, now, I'm going to bring up... Uh, we did a blog yesterday on Axom.net, and I'm going to get fan more of your comments up. It's just that uh, every single time I bring one up, it will probably lead me down a different uh, few paths here and there. But we did a, a blog yesterday, and Alan Morrison made a fantastic point, and I'm going to bring it up, because what he was looking at, the question was, right, because we know that it's going to be a controversial one, it's going to divide opinion in a big way. The question was, would you accept Brendan Rodgers back as Celtic manager? And, you know, a lot of people came back on the socials to say, oh, he's already ruled himself out. Has he? Has he ruled himself out? It wasn't that long ago that uh, Ange Postecoglou was telling us his plans for next season's Champions League. I believe nothing until it happens in terms of the modern game. But what Alan Morrison did do is he, he had a look at Brennan Rodgers' record since he left Celtic. Um, and the run, here you go, 
this is all Alan Morrison, by the way, uh, the run of top flight finishes that Brennan Rodgers had in his first three seasons, because we know how season four ended, was fifth, fifth, and then eighth. And in that time, he won an FA Cup with Leicester. But what was happening in the background in terms of the investment in recruitment year on year, it was incrementally getting cut back every single season. And uh, I think Brendan Rodgers this season, sorry, the season just passed, um, spoke about that quite publicly because I think he likes to get his excuses in before it all goes pear-shaped. And that's exactly what he did. He wasn't getting the finance that he wanted. But that run of three uh, seasons, fifth, fifth and eighth in the top tier of English football, um, is Leicester City's best run of first league outcomes, top league outcomes in a row since between 1926 and 1930. And what it does, yes, Leicester won a league in the not too distant past, but what it does is it shows you just how good a job Brendan Rodgers was doing at Leicester. I don't think we can just write him off as a flop. He's not been a flop. He had a bad last season, if you believe what he's got to say then um, it was due to the fact he wasn't getting the finance that he wanted. Alan went on to say that he won the club their first ever FA Cup and took them to their first ever European semi-final, losing to Jose Mourinho's Roma. And you know how well Mourinho does in Europe. So yes, I'm not writing him off because I'm at that stage now where, yeah, I'm a football fan, so I get emotional about Celtic and you get attached to individuals who become your heroes, even at the grand old age that I'm at at the moment. Um, and you name kids and pets after people that play for Celtic. That's what we do, right? Uh, you can think it's sad. You can think it's obsessive. That's what we do. Uh, but I'm at that stage now where, uh, you know, you should be once bitten, twice shy. I believed everything that came out of Ange Postacoglu's mouth um, I don't think he told us any lies. I mean, he didn't say he was going to be here next season, did he? Um, he obviously knew what was going on in the lead-up to the Scottish Cup final, but there was very little he could say. Um, but I think that when you looked at his post-match interviews, it was a different Ange that we saw, wasn't it? He was looking at the ground. It wasn't the usual, and I'm not a body language expert, this is just obvious observations. He's looking at the ground. Um, he was also talking about making selfish decisions. Um, so the writing was on the wall, and he has uh, left the building. I'm going to ask you the question as well. I don't know how long I'm going to stay on. I'm going to try and get through as many comments as possible. How do you think he'll do? I've just told you the Brendan Rodgers record, right? Rodgers left Celtic um, after bringing trebles to the club. He left Celtic and went to Leicester City. Where are Leicester in the food chain? Well, they're nowhere near Tottenham, are they? In terms of the size of the club the prestige, the elite nature of, of Tottenham Hotspur. And people might say, Tottenham, they're a basket case, this and that. I mean, Kev was talking about Tottenham being a basket case. Last week, um, I had a look at their, their record um, over uh, a period of time in Europe. And, you know, in the last 10 years, they have got to a final of the Champions League. They've got into the last 16 three times in the Champions League. They have got to the group stages on one occasion also. So five very good seasons in that you know short period of time. And when you look at the managers within that 10-year period, and this is what I mean where I don't think Ange fit, kind of fits their mould. Andre Villaboas, uh, Tim Sherwood, maybe the anomaly in there, uh, Mauricio Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Nuno Espirito Santo and Antonio Conte. And then Ange. Now, we know how well we actually regard Ange Postacoglu, and quite rightly so. And I don't think that's going to change with myself, but certainly with some of the people in the comments, it will. And that's fair enough. How well will he do is my question. How well will he do when you consider what Brendan Rodgers did at Leicester? Um, 
and I think Ange is going to a much bigger and, and stronger and richer um, organisation in Sp- at Spurs. A, will he stay for the three seasons? Never mind how will he perform there. And will he do as well as Brendan does? Obviously, it's all about opinion. We'll come back to that one maybe at a later date. Um, Michael Mullen, I'm gutted. I'm off to the pub. Okay, we'll have a few shandies for me as well. And celebrate the treble, Michael. Didn't he be gutted? You know, just be happy that it happened. We move on. Can we do better than Ange? There's another question. Can we get a manager who is better than Ange Postacoglu? Why not? This is Celtic Football Club. Adam Blair jumped at his first chance. Talks have been going on for ages. Bottom of the statement says we will confirm coaching staff. Talks have been going in for weeks. Can't have a deal done that quickly. Adam, I totally agree with you, mate. Um, I think the glimmer of hope was that picture that was taken by um, some eagle-eyed observer in the foyer at Celtic Park, um, whereby we had Dermot Desmond, his son Ross, who eventually will take over from Dermot, and Ange Postacoglu, and they were in discussions there. They had been in meetings apparently all morning that day. And I think that was a glimmer of hope. Now, what I do hope, right, and this isn't just um, an opportunity. People might say, ah, you know, it's an opportunity for us to get stuck into the board. What I would hope, Adam, is that wasn't the first time that we had sat down with Ange to try and get a deal done. Um, that would be very concerning. That, for me, would be going right back to some of the um, criticisms that we had previously, where we were saying that the board were sleeping at the wheel in the 10-in-a-row season. We said that they were sleeping at the wheel. Have they been sleeping at the wheel with Ange? A lot of people might say, ah, it was beyond your control. At that stage, it is. At that stage, it's beyond your control because Spurs have already identified them and they want them. And the minute Spurs come into the equation, it's beyond your control. At what point... Did Ange Postacoglu deserve an improved deal at Celtic? I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. As soon as he won the double, as soon as he won that league and he wrapped up the double in his first season, after what he inherited, he proved he was the man for the job and not just for a 12-month period, another season. We should have got him nailed down, even if after a year he goes, you've protected your asset. I'm looking at some of the compensation figures, around £5 million. You might think that's all right. That's that's fine, five million quid. Could have been more. We've got nine million pounds for Brendan Rogers going to a club in the same league as Spurs and a club who are not as rich as Spurs, not as big as Spurs. We've got nine million quid for him, and that was quite a few years ago. So you might think five million's okay. I think it's something like half what you could have got if you had them on a decent deal. Um and yeah, I know it all comes down to whether or not Andrew would sign that deal. Would they have signed at the end of, end of season one when no English clubs were interested in him? I think so. Not last minute, not 11th hour. You can't do that. And, and you know, if we have been guilty of it, that's on us as a football club. Uh, Dylan O'Donnell, get the Bodo Gump manager, like his football, we were talking about him previously. And um, it's not with hindsight either, because if you look at the games where Bodo Glimt actually beat us. And I think what I'll probably do at some point in the next 48 hours is look at our reaction to both those games and maybe watch the games back as well to see the style. They were playing out the back so much better than we were. They were playing the style of football we were aiming to play. And if we're talking about the transition from one manager to the next, the continuity of style that Kev Graham was talking about before, I think this fella fits the ball. I like the look of him. Uh, and I think that at the moment, He's, he's somebody that really interests me and he, he excites me as a Celtic fan um, as well. So we will see if we are going to be making any kind of efforts uh, to bring him to the football club. But as I say, 
we should have a list of candidates. We cannot do an Eddie Howe on this one. Um, and Celtic tried their best to convince everybody that uh, Eddie Howe wasn't the one and only. He was a forerunner, a frontrunner rather, but he wasn't the one and only. That wasn't the case. He was. As Postacoglu came into the equation when Eddie Howe knocked us back. Now, Nack says, I'm sad that it's official, but you're happy for Ange. We're happy that Ange can go on and um, take on this new challenge, as everybody uh, calls it in their departing statements. Jake, uh, hope the Celtic board don't return to the mismanagement we are used to. They better have a plan and have a manager ASAP. How important is it to have any ASAP? Well, I think for preparation for the Champions League and for next season, it is very important because in terms of recruitment, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have a, a group of players lined up who are going to come to the club and then be inherited by a manager who doesn't think they fit the style that they have envisaged for Celtic. So yes, in terms of the speed of this, Celtic need to work quickly on it. Michael, 89, knew it was coming, but still a bit of a sickener. It is, isn't it? You knew it was coming. But to see him being paraded, and by the way, I've got to break the news to you guys. Uh, Spurs do do a very similar Ange jersey with a wee Spurs crest on it so that would be rubbing salt into the wounds of a seal more than that I've got to say uh, Jake I'm joking obviously Rogers, Potter and Nutson yeah I, I mean listen all three of those would be absolutely uh, superb candidates that's the kind of level we need to be looking at in my opinion um, Martin O'Neill comes in disappointed in his lack of ambition picking perennial also runs Tottenham and I think I get that. I do get that. But at the same time, uh, when people talk about what can they offer you that Celtic can't, I don't think it's just money. Now, obviously, the financial implications of going from Celtic to Spurs are huge. Absolutely huge. You know, I didn't really have time to look at the nuts and bolts and whether or not his salary has already been revealed. Um, I think I'd heard something in the region of £8 million uh, as a salary for Ange Postecoglou. But again, I'll, I'll look more deeply into that. That's going to be a life changer, a game changer for uh, a manager at Celtic whose budget for a managerial uh, position is between two and two and a half. So we get that. He's then going to have a much bigger budget in terms of recruitment. Um, and I get that also. And he's going to be in a, a on a platform which is the biggest, most rich league in the world. It's something like the fourth richest sports league in the world, behind all the big uh, American leagues for the NBA and the NFL, etc. So, yeah, it's huge, and you get all that. But on top of it, if Ange Postecoglou has this football ambition where he sees his vision and his philosophy and his style of playing his team playing at Europeans' top table, then, and this is a, a strange one because they're not in Europe this season, Spurs have got a better record in the, in the recent past than we have, a much better record. And I've, I've already ran through um, what they've done in the last 10 years. They've got to a final, they've got to the last 16 three times, they've got to the group stages once. Celtic can't offer you that. Celtic can't offer you that level of progression um, into the latter kind of stages of the Champions League every couple of years. We just can't. We've not been ever able to do it. There's been a few occasions, for example, when Gordon Strachan got us to the last 16, two years on a bounce, but with every passing year, it's getting further and further away. And all these leagues and all these teams are getting richer and richer. And the gap is widening, absolutely. And I don't kid myself about it. So they can offer that. He needs to get them in there first, obviously. Um, Kaiser, welcome to the game. I'm glad you got a ticket for the final. I saw the pictures of you. 
um, uh, at the final, getting right in about it um, as well. And you think Newtson as well, get him in Celtic. He seems like a popular choice. We do like, um, and I think what Kev says kind of proves this, we like a style of football. At Celtic, we've got an idea of what we think is a Celtic way, um, the free-flowing and, and um, f- you know, fast-flowing, free-flowing, multi-scoring, whatever it is, never boring, Anthony Haggerty copyright football. That's what the Celtic way is. And there's a way of playing and there's an entertaining style. Um, and I think it's interesting when Kev talks about Moyes and writes him off because I think it's a stylistic thing with Moyes. Moyes is an excellent coach. Would he do well at Celtic? Could he play a different style at Celtic? Why not? What was Martin O'Neill's style at Celtic? Did you see the free-flowing football every week? Um, I mean, watch the games back. I mean, I think that if you were to get somebody like Davey Moyes in um, and we win games, that's it, you know? And we're not going to be bored by winning. And then you can add the style um, as well. But you look at the squad that we've already got, um, and I've heard a lot of people saying we need to bring someone in who plays the same way as Ange. These guys are great footballers. They can adapt. I mean, Greg Taylor's already adapted to the position that uh, Ange played him, played him in, and he's improved as a footballer. These guys can adapt. You look at how Matt O'Reilly adapted when Callum McGregor was out. He adapted to a completely different position. Um, and, you know, Maeda. Maeda didn't play all his football out left before he came to Celtic. He's adapted to that position. So I think that these guys are are great, uh, adaptable footballers. And I'm not as concerned as some uh, to think that you need that continuity of style. And it needs to be a you know a carbon copy of Ange Postacoglu that comes to this club. I don't think that at all. Um, and if someone like even Brendan Rodgers was to um, be able to be a candidate for the Celtic manager's job, we, we can't write him off. You just got to look at his ability as a manager. We're going to run for another minute. Um, Rosemary Kilduff, I'm sad and disappointed. Absolutely share that. But we move on. Raymond Dog, Postacoglu, managed everything within his control with class, except his departure. I can get, I can get that. And then you start really looking into all the nuances, everything that he said in his press conferences since the first week in April, um, in my view. And then you would say, uh, did his approach change? Um, did that filter into the players? Uh, have our performances been that great after the Kilmanic first half? And you can start looking at all these different things. And a lot of it, as I say, is guesswork. Uh, we're not saying this definitely happened. That didn't. It's a. It's an opinion um, that we have, and I think that we're all sharing a sense of disappointment. And just yesterday's man, time to move on. You know what? It seems harsh, but maybe it's about time we were as ruthless as the managers and players that use our football club to get on in the game. So there we go. Uh, I think that when you um, consider what's happened in the last few days, it's a bit unfair on the Celtic fans. I think that, you know, we should be celebrating uh, the fact that we have this generational um, achievement in an eighth, world record eighth treble. Keep saying world record eighth treble because across the city, uh, the Espanolification of that football club is at its absolute height. Their, for me, their biggest shining moment this season has been a development within the managerial structure at Celtic Football Club, where our manager has left and we'll be bringing in potentially an even stronger manager. Let's look at it like that. And that's the biggest achievement of their season. That's what they're going down to the pub to celebrate. That, for me, shows where they are as a football club. Um, and also with regards to 
I don't know if this is a joke or if it's a parody, but they've started counting the petrol tank cup as well because we're getting closer and closer to the world record that they think is their world record. And that is where we are as a football club. There's loads to be cheerful about. We've got a massive budget going into the recruitment for next season. And I hope that the manager comes in, can use what Ange has set up uh, over the last two years and then run with it. I don't think that's what happened with Brendan Rodgers. I think it ran until the wheels fell off after Rodgers left. Let's run with it. Let's bring in a new manager. Let me know your thoughts. We're going to be back on for the normal bulletin at 12.30. This was impromptu with Natasha, Kevin Graham and myself uh, because the news has been confirmed. Ange Postacoglu has left the building. Come back at half past 12. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know how you think he's going to do and who should we appoint as the next Celtic manager. Thanks every single one of you for joining me and come back at 12.30 on a Celtic state of mind. Network.